Welcome back to the Loud and Uninformed podcast. We are joined today by our good friend Nebs, who will be joining us for NBA segments from here on out. So we talk about kind of mid-season, who the true contenders are, whose window has closed. Then we jump into some college hoops, wrap it up with a little roundtable of what's happened around the sports world. Sage advice, Doc Rivers. Really, the Pac-12 was awesome. What's going to happen to Bill Wallen? You separate the art from the artist. Oh, no! <laughs> you should never, ever do this to, like, now we're going to have Shaq and Ernie telling you, like, what you should be putting your money. <laughs> Just the honor system isn't good enough for us. It's no, certainly no. not with this group. And, <laughs> and Sean went to go grab an angry soda. I don't like him. The locker room doesn't like him. Uh, he's a loser. Well... George does just bring down the ethics of our podcast quite a bit. All of the money is in me looking good. You're listening to the Loud and Uninformed Podcast. How's it going, Nebs? What's going on, boys? And Skyler's back. There we go. You look different with that Chicago glow. Hey, man. We out here. Yeah, I'm, I'm cold all the time. I gotta wear the hats now. I'm a beanie dude. This <laughs> <laughs> is stay warm out here. Yeah, that's great. So Nebs, you've been a guest before, uh, coming on, perhaps reoccurring, seeing how schedules work out, but uh, helping us out with some NBA talk, because um, Jeever loves basketball, but just the college, the amateurs. He's not a pro guy. <laughs> watch the playoffs. You watch the playoffs. So it's great to have another another voice that. Watches some games. <laughs> Gabe, in your defense, it's hard. 82 games is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Nebs, sure I think a, a good place to start would probably be uh, talking about your uh, NBA background, uh, who you're a fan of, just so that people can uh, can get some biases out of the way here. Yeah, I think most people know, but I'm a, I'm a Trailblazer fan, which this year I've watched only highlights because why watch those games? Um, but yeah. I did go to the. I'm sure this will come up, but obviously a Dame fan since he spent his 12 years over there. I went to the Bucks Nuggets game in Milwaukee last week. Got to see them live. It was supposed to be. I mean, Bucks Nuggets, whatever. They killed the Bucks. Murdered the Nuggets that game, which was crazy. And then went on their like three game lose losing streak right after. So I don't know what that means, but yeah, that's kind of my background, real quick. Um. That's cool. I, big question. So Neb's just moved out to Chicago from D.C. What's it like being back in a city that cares about its sports teams? I know, man. It's crazy. <laughs> I think, Jeeb, you would – it's college basketball here is – like the Big Ten makes a ton of sense, but I didn't know that it was going to be like here. You Saturday, Sunday, if there's college games going on, you go to a bar and you try to put on any other – like. Like, I'm a big soccer guy, too. So, like, during the morning hours, right, I'll try to throw on a soccer game or whatever, and people will scream at you. They care about Iowa playing. Just random shit. But, um, no, Chicago's... Paul's on. What? DePaul is on. We can't do that. Exactly. Isn't that crazy, dude? Like, well, I was DePaul like, is actually really good. <laughs> like, historically. Yeah. They're comically bad this year, but they're a good program. Yeah. In the Midwest out there, they love their college basketball. They love hoops in general. They love hoops, dude. And, I mean, you saw the All-Star game, right? It was in Indiana. Yeah. That gives you a just a microcosm of what it is. I mean, Chicago's, like, obviously, like, the like the hub, right? So they all go to school in these uh, small towns or whatever and then come live here. So then it's just 
rivalries and crashes and everything. So I would say they're mainly into college basketball right now, given that the Bulls aren't that good. But we'll see if they turn up. But sports in general, Sean, it's nine day compared to DC. Yeah, it, it's got to be. I mean, DC's, DC's, what, what what would you say? The Caps people actually give a fuck about the rest is. I think the list goes teams that actually have legitimate fans. It's the Capitals. And then maybe the Nationals are two. If they're good. And the Nationals are horrible. Yeah. And they, oh, why did I get balloons in the background? What the heck was that? It is Jeep's birthday. So maybe, I don't know. Is it really? Yeah. Happy birthday, Jeep. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, like today? Yeah. Oh, my God. My, uh, my, just real quickly, my mom got, I guess she's gotten into like customizing t shirts. Uh, she's been doing that a lot. So she had this t shirt. I said you should have uh, gotten a bunch of them. Done. How was that the first time that you brought that we've been talking for like 10 minutes? You're wearing a, our first ever merchandise that your mom made? That's yeah. crazy. Oh my God. Bro, I would pay for one. Yeah, what I would. I, I'd pay your mom big bucks for something like that. Yeah. We'll, awesome. we'll have to mass produce them. Shout out to Mom and Brand. That's awesome, dude. Um, that's great. So, Jeep, Jeep, your head of your mom is head of merchandising. I have declared it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I like how you're like she's gotten big into making T-shirts. Like, how yeah. else is that manifested she gets, outside? Gets messages put on them for whatever the occasion is, and it's yeah. always the same font, and it's kind of hilarious. Did she buy a cricket? Is that what it was? I don't know. I think that's, it's uh, that's going around right now. There's like a uh, like a personal embroidery uh, gadget. That's like 300 bucks or something. And you can make t-shirts and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised. Cool. Yeah. But either way, I, I uh, back to the original conversation, DC might be the worst sports city in the country. In terms of a major sports city with all four sports, I would tend to agree. Yeah. So um, it, it's anything is better than this, but uh, it's funny. Chicago is definitely passionate, but I don't know that there's any teams that are actually doing very well right now. I know the Blackhawks are exciting because they got a uh, Bedard or whatever his name is, but yeah, it's a good point. I actually don't think, I mean, the Cubs, I don't think are good at the moment. No, they like blew it all up after they won the world series. Cody Bellinger just signed though with them. Did you yeah. see that? That was uh, big in the city. It is. It is because Milwaukee isn't far at all. So it's kind of, and Milwaukee has, Except for football, right? They they have yeah. all. The big I mean, players. they're Green Bay, right? Yeah, but um, so it's kind of having almost two, and then you have two baseball teams in Chicago plus another baseball team in Milwaukee. So it's kind of nuts. Um, but we don't care about baseball right now. What we care about is the NBA. Um, and why and why what we want to talk about right now because we haven't really discussed it too much on the pod. I think me and Skyler did an NBA preview when it first started. And I'm sure everything we said it has turned out to be false at this point. Um, so I want to do a little like midseason pulse of the league right now. Just to start, big generic first take conversation. Who are the true contenders in your guys' eyes at this point in the season? Um, and we'll kind of run from there. Yeah, it seems like right now there's only two, which feels weird for this point in the season usually it feels like there's a field of like five or six or like you know one um but right now it feels like it's the nuggets and celtics and then everybody else is a tier below that and i don't even know that the nuggets deserve to be in that tier based on this year alone but i think you know the the spillover from winning the title last year obviously gives them um a, a little extra uh, a little extra good grace but i think every other team that kind of filters in below them 
have some serious issues. The only other team I have in the East that's even on this list is is the Bucks, and I think the Bucks have major question marks all over the place, including maybe the worst head coaching hiring decision in a long time. Um, we'll and then the West is a little more interesting just because the Nuggets don't feel super dominant. But it feels like, you know, the other teams at the top, like the Thunder and the T-Wolves, it's kind of like an I'll believe it when I see it situation. And the Suns, you know, it feels like they're not really the team. The Clippers have sputtered out often in years. So um, I'll, I'll kind of lob it back over the net to you guys. But does it feel like any other team outside of Nuggets and Celtics really has a good chance at supplanting one of those guys as, as a true contender? Um, I don't. So the Clippers are interesting because I think their team is really good. The Nuggets, and I'm mean, not the Nuggets, the Thunder, I think are really good. I just, I'm with you on the believe it if when I see it kind of vibe. Minnesota, I don't, I don't rate them as high as the Nuggets. I, I mean, uh, the Thunder. I think the Thunder can actually make a deep playoff run. Like their team is stacked. When you watch those games, they're young. They're athletic and they're really, really good. Like at each position, they could compete. And Shea is he's ridiculous. He's a baller. Um, I saw this stat yesterday. I'm sure you guys saw it too. But the the gap between the Celtics and two in the East is larger than one through eight in the West. Yeah. Yeah. So to your point, Skyler, I think we give it to the Nuggets because they're the champion and everything. And I don't know how much they care about the regular season, but like, if we're just going off this season, yeah, it kind of feels like Boston, everybody else. Unfortunately, I, I would throw Philly in there if Embiid was playing, but given that he's not like, I don't, the I'm Bucks hoping. maybe. But Kyle Lowry looked good in his debate. <laughs> if that's the game we're playing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Philly, Philly's weaker, has a weaker roster on paper this year than years past. And they haven't been able to get over the hump then. Um, so that's why I don't really buy it. Um, and then I did just want to comment. The Celtics starting lineup is insane right now. Unbelievable roster. And then between Thunder and T-Wolves, I never thought I'd say this, but having Rudy Gobert as somebody with like playoff experience is something that the thunder just don't have. I'd much rather be a thunder fan right now. I think the ceiling's way higher. You got a lot more young entertaining guys, but I mean, how old is Shea at this point? 21? Any drink? No, he's a little older than that. I think he's 23. I think the thunder, I don't think it's a Shea problem though. Even though he hasn't necessarily had playoff experience either. The real issue is it's Chet. I mean, and he's great. I'm not saying he's a, problem he'll be a top three center in two years three years from now but when you're thinking about the nuggets and the timberwolves yeah. as the contenders and the, the clippers he can't play defense against those bigger lineups um and that's where they're going to fall apart so that's why i don't really fully believe in the thunder along with what you guys are saying about you know it's youth they got to experience the playoffs before they it's just kind of how these things historically work um but I am big on the Clippers. I was preseason. I have been the last three years. I just love Kawhi and PG, even though it's never worked. I've been big on them. Harden, like I said, last time we talked about this, he's bought in. He's a true point guard again. And it looks great. Now, how long will he do that for? That is the question. Because as long as he does this, the Clippers look good. And I think they're a team that knows what games they have to win. Because they might end up the third or fourth seed going into the playoffs. And it doesn't really matter for them. Like, yeah. Get in the playoffs, get a, the best matchup. 
because they blew out the Celtics. They're the only team this year that has really dominated the Celtics in a matchup. Um, and we're talking about the Celtics as the true contenders, which I would agree with. But I think if there's a team out there that's sneaky, as long as they stay healthy, full of veterans, if Kawhi is playoff Kawhi one last time, yeah, I have to be a favorite. And then if you're yeah, just nice. – They're big. Yeah, because you look at who else has playoff experience. Warriors and Lakers and Suns are all in the dumpster. Like, all of them. Suns are the only one because I know the big three haven't really played together yet, but I'm not willing to write them in on anything yet. And then in the East, you have Giannis and the Bucks and Dame, but Doc Rivers is coming up with every excuse in the book right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't don't really trust him. And the Cavs, I mean – the Cavs just lost to the Embiidless Sixers, so I mean, like they're they're not true contenders either. What about um, New York? I like the Knicks. I was actually texting Augusta when they were beating the Sixers the other night, and I was like, I know you guys are hurt, and so are we, but like you're not like what you're putting out there as your hurt squad is pretty nice. Like all those. Oh players- yeah, everybody's stepped up. Like DiVincenzo looks like a starter, and he won't be in the final version of this josh hart looks great he won't be a starter they're deep i worry that their closing lineups just aren't going to be good enough to beat a team like the celtics like that you know i think the knicks can make the eastern conference finals but i just you know a 17 series against boston doesn't bode well they played the celtics last night and i was watching at a bar that we were at and to your point like it was the Celtics ended up winning by 20, but like in the fourth yeah. quarter, in the and the Knicks played quarter, as well as they could have. <laughs> yeah, but no, but, but all their players weren't there. Yeah, I mean, they're missing three. They, they all play. I agree with you. Like, I think they could beat everybody else in the East except Boston. Yeah, I could see them beating Milwaukee. I could see them beating the Cavs. I think they're probably slotted in that too. I also in the East, I know they're like the eight seed. I really like to watch the Pacers play. Mm-hmm. And I want to see where they could go. Did you yeah. guys know? I'm looking at the standings right now. You know, Orlando is sixth in the dude. East. Orlando mm-hmm. is nice and all predicated on like team defense, which is That's really bad. fun to watch. And, and Paolo just going off. See his game winner last night. All yeah, right after. Yeah, he 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 traveled too, but neither here nor there. <laughs> I saw something that was like that was like all the all the if it's cool enough, it should be legal. Fans are real quiet. Right? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes of the yeah, NBA. the Patrick Mahomes. If it looks cool, it should be legal. Um, uh, but yeah, no, they're really good. Uh, the Wagner brothers too. So they have like a weird like everybody's kind of like a six nine forward who can pass and shoot, and it's a cool team. So yeah. you know who I truly think are the number two contenders in the East, and we haven't even mentioned them. The Heat? It's the Miami Heat. Yeah. They they are every year. They, they're they're in the ace, ace spot right now. They finally polished off their roster. They're getting healthier. Jimmy Butler is the number one player in the NBA that does not care about the regular season. Like, he does not show up until it's the playoffs, which being the ace seed every year doesn't seem great, but they've been able to make it work. And yeah. that's why I'd like... If I'm looking at who I trust, it's Celtics, even though they've never gotten over the hump, truthfully, but they're a very, very good roster this year. It's Celtics, then it's Heat, then it's Bucks. And that's that's what I would say. I was gonna say too, like on the Bucks point, it's I know it started off rocky with Doc, but they beat the Timberwolves two nights ago. They're smacking I mean, Philly without a beat right now. So right now. I like I said, I saw them beat the Nuggets. They can figure it out before the playoffs. Yeah. And they be, have the most talent. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and be competitive. 
if Bobby starts playing well, like it's going to be, it's going to take a lot for them, but I could see them. I could see that Eastern conference finals. If it's not Nick Celtics being buck Celtics and being a really good one. I, it, I think the one thing the bucks have going for them and it's, or maybe don't have going for them. It depends on the matchup in the playoffs, but doc rivers is not a good coach anymore. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. He doesn't adjust. He's a great star manager, and that's why they have him. Not even good at that. Bad coach. But, like, last year in the playoffs, I'm watching this, Joe Mazzula, Joe Hasbula, as Jeeves would call him, basically out-dueled him and out-coached him in a Game yeah. 7 of an Eastern Conference playoff game, and that guy sucks as a coach. <laughs> so, like, um, their issue is if they go up against a healthy Sixer squad with Nick Nurse, my money's on, and I know I'm a fanboy, but, like, my money is on the Sixers there because Nick Nurse is a good coach and he makes yeah. adjustments. And I, I think the Sixers are sneaky, like well constructed, where they're not super high level, but it seems like the roster fits better than. Right. And the other thing is, though, Dame's issue, and it always was his issue in Portland, he's not, he's not a defensive guy. Yeah. Never has been. He doesn't try to be. Like, it's not like he claims he is a good defender, but I don't like Doc Rivers to be the guy that has to problem solve when their teams are picking apart Dame yeah, and has to figure out a way to be like, how do we adjust this to hide Dame's defensive deficiencies? You know? Yeah. And it's, it's having him be the person who has to figure that out is, is bad news. But remember the whole, the whole benefit of him going to the bucks in theory was that you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez behind him. Yeah. Um, you know, so there as like one of the better rim defending teams, one of the better, teams that you can switch folks on that, that type of, of defense. So I agree. Like, I don't know if I trust doc rivers to be the architect of that, but from a personnel standpoint, he probably couldn't be in a much better place. Um, I'd love to also talk about, no, he, he, he did it. He, he said, I wouldn't wish this job on anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, Oh, a bunch of teams wanted me to come out or shut up. Yeah. Sounds I can't stand doc. Go ahead. Uh, I did want to talk about your Miami Heat point because I wrote them down for our next point, which was, has the window closed on these particular teams? And and this is why. I I don't know if if Jaime Jaquez wasn't their draft pick, I think they'd be in bad shape right now. Like, he's the saving grace. But it feels like a lot of their roster of, like, useful players was kind of gutted a little bit. And... It's an interesting discourse because they're really they were very close to not making the playoffs at all last year. And basketball is definitely, you know, a, a variability sport. There's definitely that's some some luck that goes into it. And there's a chance they just missed the playoffs entirely last year. And then of course they didn't. And when they got into a seven game series situation, they started to to play a lot better. But is there a world that would surprise us that much if the Heat missed the playoffs just because they don't take the regular season seriously enough and then shots just don't fall in a play-in game? Very possible. So no, they, they made it on the play-in last year. To your yeah, point. and and yeah. barely, barely. They lost the first game and then they won the second yeah. one with like, you know. So I think they need things to go right down the stretch and I wouldn't be that surprised if they don't make the playoffs next year and now all of a sudden Jimmy Butler's a year older rosters getting more expensive they still haven't necessarily figured out how they want to construct the whole thing and and you know that we might just be a little bit over the hump of them being the the cinderella team every single year granted i could have said that last year and i'd look like a real stupid idiot right now 
We did. In we did say that, didn't we? <laughs> preview, NBA Finals preview last year, we said the Nuggets and the Heat have zero chance. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing about basketball, right? Like, we don't know. And, I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad take to last year say, like, I don't think the Heat will make the playoffs because you were darn close to being right. And then the fact that they made it as far as they did I'm, is, you know, pretty funny. I'm telling you, one of the two of Nikola Jovic and, or Haywood Highsmith is going to become the player of the playoffs. Dude, Haywood, Haywood Highsmith was player of the playoffs last year. He was nasty. <laughs> That's going to happen. I think they went heavy on Dame. And when Dame didn't happen, it's they left them with what they had. And they yeah. said, let's roll it back out there. Um, yeah, I, I do with you, though, Skylar. Like, but here's back to the coaching point. First of all, I don't think Joe Mazzula is that bad of a coach, but we don't have to get into that. But let's <laughs> just young, inexperienced. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, but the Heat have the best coach in the NBA. And then to your point, Sean, I think Clippers are at two. So in terms of coaching, like if they get in, I think that's usually what that's how they got to the uh, finals last year. It's just it was Eric Spolstra and then uh, hurt Giannis and then the Celtics series. I mean, they almost gave up the 3-0 lead, but it was sure. just out coached and just got. And so I'm with you, Skylar, that it feels like the window's closing on that team, but. It's actually nuts that we're going to look back on this like four or five years and see that that team made the finals twice. That's oh, nuts. Yeah. And I think the ultimate heat issue is, is that they're great at these seven game series, but they're never short for them. They yeah. got them out. And so they make the finals and then like the Nuggets over physical them because they were absolutely both, exhausted. Both exhausted. finals they were in, I think it was like landslide that they were going to lose. Like we, we gave them zero against the Lakers in the bubble. And this one, we were like, if they win this, it's going to be like, John, to, to your point, the, the hallmark of both of those were pictures of exhausted Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And like, right. do they have more reinforcements now or fewer? And they I had no business in either one of those finals. And they yeah, got, like they were spent finals. by the time they got there. Um, Two things I wanted to bring up real quick. And then I don't know if you guys, uh, had other segments the first one is on the nuggets i don't know if we're gonna t- like how good is jamal murray like he's never made an all-star all-star team and i looked it up right so this article was written in october of last year right so right before the season started and it's ranking the best point guards in the nba and you tell me there's some people that have jumped him since so he may not be top 10, but we got Steph, Luca, Devin Booker, Shea, Damian, Ja. They have Jamal at seven before the se- season. And then they have De'Aaron Fox, James Harden, Trey Young after him. And then Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's below all of those people. I think at this point, Tyrese and Jalen for sure have jumped him. Yeah. I think you could argue De'Aaron Fox. You can argue James Harden at this point. But it's kind of nuts that we're thinking of the Nuggets going back-to-back with one superstar. Well, I don't know that I wouldn't call Jamal Murray a superstar, and I would also say that because his game is so synergistic with with the best player in the world, it's it's helpful. Um, How can you be a superstar and not be an all-star? Well... I mean, that's a good point, but I think that there's like, I'm trying to think of an example of like, well, uh, I, I think and this is something that, really. sorry, Scott, this is something no. NBA players talk about is like fans say there's a lot of superstars, but if you ask the guy in the leagues, there's like five, 
of who they truly think are superstars. So I think it's very fair to say he's not a superstar, but so are a lot of the guys you named. Like, they're just good point guards. Steph Curry is a superstar. Yeah. You know, I guess what I'm getting to is, is it just, is Jokic just that level of an all-time great that he's going to, like, can make a back-to-back and whatever without another all-star on his team? Because I don't know the last time that happened. I'm trying to go through it. Of a champion, and it's certainly a back-to-back champion, without another all-star on his team. Now, his team's loaded. Aaron Gordon, like, they have great role players, but it's him. And if we're not saying Jamal's th- that level, if you're taking De'Aaron Fox about J- Jamal, which I think a lot of people would, then he is like the 11th best point guard in the NBA. And they are clear track to win two titles, which is not, it's crazy. But I think the question is, what's more important, having a second star or having like a perfectly constructed roster like yeah. the Nuggets do? Like, you I know, agree. you point to the Suns and go, well, Katie has Devin Booker. So therefore, it should be easier than what they have going on in Denver, where they have every single role so clearly defined and has such a perfect person in that role. Like you mentioned, Aaron Gordon's not an all-star, but he's exactly the person you want. Yeah, next and to I think that's new to the NBA. Yeah. In the last three years, I think we're talking about those Cavs, Warriors teams or whatever. Like, if you did not have two to three just ballers on your team, you weren't going deep. And now I feel like... I, I don't know. I just feel like roster construction, like what Sam Presti is doing in OKC and just these teams that they're putting together. I don't think it used to be. I think they used to roll out like these super teams and they were like, go win it. Well, I think it's, and it's now it's changed. The, the How the teams are constructed is kind of cyclical, cyclical in a sense, because you're right. We had the superstar. That's where coming off. But if you look back at the 80s. Yeah, that's how teams were built. Like you ha- might have had a superstar, too. But then like. The Sixers had Andrew Tony, the Boston Strangler, who like his role was to be that deadly small forward to come in and get buckets when they most needed it. And you've never heard of Bad Boy Pistons. Yeah, yeah, right. Like they're built to these teams. And then you go into an era where, you know, you have Jordan, so they have to do whatever they can. The Rockets of like Hakeem Barkley and Drexler form because they have to try and beat Jordan, you know, like. It happens because of generational players, I think. Like LeBron, that's why super teams start to come together, you know? And then I think we're in an era now where we don't necessarily have that one unbelievable guy that's just guaranteed to make the finals yeah. right now. And I think, therefore, it makes more sense to build your roster out. And those super te- and also with the cap now and everything, they they kind of. I was of- going to say like a brand new problem last year is the new cap stuff yeah. where you're not going to be allowed to build but teams. Also, like that. also, I think just how the NBA is playing these days. You look at a player like Luca, and he's in what year five now in the league, and it's hard to not say he's not a top three at his position in the in the league, but he, those high usage guys. Are not really that great anymore for your yeah. team. Trey, your point, Sean, you can score seventy in the NBA and lose. Yeah, right. and lose like by fifteen. That's right. not that's no. I completely agree with you, and I think the nineties, like with jo- just like Jordan and like a great team around him, like what the Knicks did by trading for OG instead of going and getting like another All Star, yeah. like five years ago, that would have been looked at as like the dumbest move, but now. It made them so much better. If they went and got like another all star, I don't know, pick like a Siakam. Donovan or... Mitchell. That's who everybody wants. Donovan Mitchell. Like, yeah. I don't think they would be as good as they are now. And I just, yeah. it's interesting for the NBA, but like, I like it as a basketball fan. 
But I think from like a marketing standpoint, if you could ask Adam Silver, he would take the 10 years prior where KD, oh, yeah. Steph, and whatever were playing in the finals versus there's really good teams and good basketball. But I don't th like, I think we care about good basketball, but the casual fan wants to see KD and they want, they want Wemby. They want Wemby to be the next LeBron Jordan. So to be that guy that terrorizes the league, you know, he's yep. going to make it to at the very least the conference finals. So you have to put together these super teams and these huge TV matchups. But can't parody be good for the sport? You know, like, can you be a fan who sits in Milwaukee and be super excited that every single year your team has a chance because you have Giannis? I guess they always do. But like, um, I don't know. I don't know. And funny, as you bring up the Mavs point, too, I think you look at the the moves that Dallas made both this last year and in the trade deadline and fully just from a roster construction, filling in the gaps point of view. And and now I think that they actually have a chance at making a run at the finals. They're playing because better. They, they filled a lot of those issues. So I think it makes teams have to be smarter. I think it's going to improve you know, basketball and yeah, maybe it, it hurts a little bit from a fan standpoint if LeBron's not in the finals every single yeah. year. But, you know, I, th I think the hope has to be that it takes on some kind of NFL like, you know, fandom beyond the individuals. So um, I, I do think that would be good. Um, so the the next little piece of the segment is kind of, you know, we have the contenders and then we have the folks whose windows have closed. I kind of loved the heat out there as as one that might be a little surprising i think the warriors is probably the most popular answer for something like this did you guys jot anybody else down lakers mm -hmm. i was thinking I, that too i'm out on the lakers I, I know they have lebron and anthony davis but it's not going to work anymore and they, they already had the trade deadline rumors of lebron being traded which is hilarious because you could you imagine the Knicks towel could you imagine if lebron got traded jordan jordan defenders would be like jordan would never get traded yeah. <laughs> he's know? also 40 though i know like, i know but it's, I mean, it's just it's the comical part of the argument you can never solve yeah, it's yeah. another another thing but I, I they're done lebron i think is just waiting to see where Bronny goes even though is Bronny gonna go to the league next year he's averaging I don't like, think so. like <laughs> i don't yeah. know um yeah i agree a team i wouldn't want to see in the playoffs but we'll see if they can make it there i could i agree that the warriors <laughs> The Lakers are probably the one or two main answers on this, but if either one of them get like the Timberwolves in the first round, yeah, I wouldn't be super confident if I was Minnesota. I, I that's a good point, but it's it just just I, for the know-how. Like I, I would not want to play Steph in a, the first round if I was Minnesota. Like, they could win a playoff series still. I'm not saying they're cooked, but no, no, I, no, I know. But it's yeah. that would be an eight beating a one, right? But yeah, yeah. I don't. To, I don't think they're going to go deep in the playoffs or anything. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Um, I think I wrote down an interesting one here. Oh, I was. Can I throw out one? Oh, please, please. I think the Sacramento Kings window has closed. I think. last. Interesting. Year. I'm sorry. Why do you think that? A lot of people, I think, would say that they're ascending. Because they were hot and they got what? The three. And yeah. they got everything going for them. And like the beam was a big thing. And I just think it's over. <laughs> is it a it, it, is there recourse or is it just you, you had your chance to like hooked but looking at their roster i don't think sabonis is getting any better he's very good but i don't think he's getting any better and fox might get better but it, this iteration i think isn't going to win a finals ever 
Interesting. That's a good, that's a good one. My one that I wrote down that is actually a little bit similar um, is Memphis. And the reason I wrote it down, I don't think they're it's closed forever. Um, but remember, they were a two seed. Was that two years ago? Um, with everybody young on super friendly deals. And I think the case could have been made that they were one savvy veteran away from, you know, kind of being that team. Uh, and I think that window is fully closed. So you're going to have to pay everybody. Um, all of this new cap stuff is going to be brutal. And I don't know if jaw is the type of superstar as we're throwing that term around to be able to pretty much single-handedly bring a team over the top. I, you know, I, there's just so he's a superstar. Hiller got cut. Did you see it? He got cut. He, he ran out of his, uh, two way days. Oh, yeah. No, oh. I mean, they, they had to, he, I, all the counts are like, he left a great impression. Like he'll be an NBA player, but yeah. Oh, we had to send him back down. Um, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate indeed, but they, they had to do it. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm a little concerned about the thunder in the same kind of lane. I think that they have better players, but there is going to be a come to Jesus moment where, they have to start making some decisions on these younger guys and how they handle that will be the full determinant on how good they are. Listen, I think the Thunder are building a dynasty, personally. I think that team with 11, they, you know how many first-round draft picks they still have? That is true. It's, but the problem is you got to pay people at some point and you, you run out of money. You have to pay them, but you could trade those for veterans. I think, I think Presti has been the best executive in the NBA for the last 10. I think Brad Stevens is giving him a run for his money recently, but I think he knows what he's doing. To your point, has Presti ever built an NBA title winner? Yeah. He, he was the after four. Where did, was he, he, did he build and that then, first Thunder the team? And then, yeah. 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 I guess they're a great drafter, yeah. but I think the first Thunder team is the exact problem, right? They had... I actually just funny enough, I just saw on Twitter this interesting this this guy I follow said that in college he wrote this like thesis on um can you draft too well? And it's like if James Harden was worse, would those yeah. Thunder teams have have had made it over the hump? If if James Harden was Manu Ginobili instead of a league MVP, would they have, have made it over the hump? And so there's definitely the interesting like what do you do after you draft really well when you have everything in the world going yeah. for you and the path seems rosy, like what are the decisions you make to get over the hump? And that's where I think Presti's not quite there because he builds these incredible, like, like 2K starter teams where you're like, oh, oh you know, three years from now, this team's going to be a dynasty. But it's what do you do in the interim to get over the hump? Yeah. Perhaps a discussion for another day. We'll continue it. But Nebs, thanks for coming on, helping us with the NBA today. We'll, we'll have you back on. Is it going to kick? It's kicking us off in yeah. a minute here. For for okay. the listeners, Nebs gets to see behind the background a free Zoom counting down how many more seconds we get on this <laughs> on this version. Next time I have to do a sign off. <laughs> yeah, next time I was thinking about this, and I know I was gonna look it up and have you guys play, but we can have G do it. But you yeah. know how we were at that party one time, Sean, and we listed the MVPs, like the last MVPs. It would yeah. be fun to do that of like rookie of the year or defensive oh, player. Okay. That would be how fun. many we could get. I yeah. think we could do a lot of them if we really put our minds to it. Oh, absolutely. I'll add, it, I'll add it to the notes app. That'll be fun. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace. Good seeing you, Nebs. Thanks, yeah. guys.
I feel like you got some NBA stuff. Like I watched you build NBA franchises with regularity when we lived the I just I don't it was so in-depth with so much detail. I and I don't have any like hot takes. Um just because I haven't been watching the NBA like I did in college yeah. know, the last two to three years. And I would like I'm I back on the two K sticks, you'll get right back. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I do. Like, I'm familiar with how the Thunder, like what they're doing, where they're just stashing draft picks. I know. I've seen you that's, do it. That's how I did my franchises. Yeah, I know. And it's worked out so far. So, um, And I realized uh, I wasn't phrasing it well, so sorry for dragging you a little bit at the beginning there when I was like, we're having Nebs on because Gene doesn't talk. So no, it's fine. I, I like I, – I, I, I admit that I – do not keep up with the NBA as much. So, so it started Dragon Man on your actual birthday. Um, yeah. I know, I know you're chatting with me, but what, uh, what did you guys get up to in the the great town of Richmond last night to celebrate? We brewery hopped. We went to uh, Vossen and Hardywood. Nice. I'd actually never been to Hardywood before. Or Where is, where's the Hardywood that's in the city? Is this the one in the city? Yeah, it's close. It's a, kind of behind the diamond. So it's outside of Scott's edition. Oh. Um, and it's cool. I, I don't know how long it's been around, but I, I had never been. They'd so. always had like the two of them because there's one like 20 minutes outside of town. Yeah, we went to that one a lot. That was close yeah. to our house senior year. Yeah. Um, and It's actually close to my parents' house now, but uh, Yeah. So that was cool. Then we went to the Richmond basketball game, and then we got dinner at Wooden Iron. Huge win. Huge win, yeah. For your birthday, that's nice. Absolutely. A little bit of a nail-biter. Didn't cover the spread, but uh, I'll take I a feel win. Like that's, that's every time I've ever watched us play Davidson. Yeah. It, it's always a close dog fight with that's them. Yeah, when I saw it was five points, it's like that is just way too many points. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is like a big homer take, but, man, the A-10 is a hell of a league. Like it's just very teams are always good and the games are always exciting. Like there's it's a, and and there'll be ranked teams in there with relative frequency. And even the bottom feeders get feisty. I think I think it's a very well balanced league, which is great. I for one, as a homer, fully admit it, think that the league deserves more cred than it gets. A hundred percent NCAA tournament bids because. I feel like a 10 teams stack up pretty well against when they have to play a big boy, you know, like one of the, one of the bigger conference teams. Um, but again, I know how it works. And if people in your league are ranked and you're playing them every week, that's just going to look better whether you win or lose. And then in the a 10, if they're not ranked like Dayton, Dayton's falling because they're losing some tough a 10 games. And that just hurts the entire league. Which but is- it's funny. Like, is there, is there another league outside of like Gonzaga's league that will have teams that are ranked kind of in the top 10 and get as little respect as the A-10 does? Like, I mean, maybe I'm just not well-versed enough, but it seems like we'll have teams that fire up the rankings all the time, that'll make it to Final Fours, that'll do all this kind of stuff, and it just, for whatever reason, the rest of the league just doesn't doesn't seem to get that level of uh, of respect. I was listening to the three bid podcast, which is an A10 podcast, and they were talking about how the Mountain West has kind of taken over the A10's mantle place as the best of the mid majors. Um, and I think part of that is we lost some good programs, Xavier Temple, over the years, and haven't replaced them with necessarily the best 
competition. And to be true, St. Joe's hasn't been as dominant as they used to be. St. Joe's used to be a, a big player, and, and they haven't been that great the last since Martelli left. Uh, I should say since they fired Martelli, which looks like a bad move. Um, but uh, yeah, I still think it's a good league, and the, but maybe it's just more true to what college basketball was a decade ago, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and maybe that's- I, I just feel like in a world where they give, uh, you know, nine bids to ACC teams and granted you got to go through the ACC gauntlet, but I feel, I still feel like if you, if you make it out of the A-10 gauntlet as like a top two, top three team, that, that this should be a two bid, three bid league every year. Yeah. Do we have time to rank the conferences real quickly? <laughs> um, I might not be well versed, but go ahead. I think you might be the best at this. I think Big Twelve is one. I think I don't know. I I guess Big East, but they're they're a little down this year uh, relative to normal standards. So maybe maybe ACC just because Duke and UNC are pretty good. But you don't think like the SEC? SEC is pretty good. No, and the SEC is up. Uh, for normal, I, think big, I mean, for for a basketball only conference, the Big East is really good. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the top five leagues are all really good across the board. ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, Big East, and SEC are all powerhouses. But I think to our point here is that yes, maybe they have three or four teams that are top twenty five ranks. You know that that they're always getting that respect. But A10 has a lot of those guys that probably will be middle of those leagues, and those teams get a ton of respect when it comes to playoff, when it comes tournament time. You yeah. Know? Whereas, whereas the A10 doesn't. But I don't know. Joe Lenardi, rig it. You're a professor at St. Joe's, an A10 school. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I guess the SEC, in in my mind, in the last couple of years has probably been yeah. the best. Um, Auburn Big 12 has had those runs where it's just like every team up there is a Big 12 team. Like the Baylor, Houston, Kansas, like it's just and when a- they absorb the rest of the Pac-12, I mean they're getting Arizona. Yeah. Um and the the Big 10 funny enough can never figure it out. <laughs> you can never figure it out. Even though they always have very good good uh Good teams in there. I don't know. Did you guys see the? Did you guys see the conversations on expanding the uh, expanding the tournament field? Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of teams. It's already a lot of teams. Yeah, I think what is it, sixty-eight right now with the play-ins? Yeah, a really good sized tournament. You know, it takes three weeks or whatever, three or four weeks, and I think that's what it should be. And here I am saying the A10 deserves more respect, and I'm shooting down expanding the tournament. But my fear would be they just let in the entire SEC. <laughs> I don't think it would. It's kind of like the college football playoffs. I don't think it would really help mid majors if they yeah. expand the field. Yeah, yeah, I can see a world where. Now you're probably right. It's I don't know. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> I agree. I think I think I mean, how many D1 teams are there? There's like 350. Yeah. So you're already letting in a fifth of the teams. Right. Right. So like top 20% to make the tournament is not really, you know. Why have that, a That feels fair. Yeah. And, you know, the NIT exists for a reason. And I know it's not as exciting, but it's still good basketball when you whittle it down. It's fine. Um, yeah. The opt-outs. We'll see. That's It'd be interesting. The only way I could think basketball, is Basketball. Don't opt-out. It's basketball. Don't opt-out. 
The only way I think you could could, could do more expanding is if you expanded it in like a play in capacity. I don't think you can make the field bigger than sixteen seeds. Yeah, it just it just feels too much like the football debate where it's like, well, shouldn't conference championship week just be round one? You know, <laughs> you know, like yeah. College football is interesting, though, because I think your, your issue in college football has always been that there's no really good way to determine who the best team is or or like a tournament that's like comprehensive enough. And so I understand expanding the field because you want some sort of comprehensive championship in like this era of of, you know, media attention and, and all of that kind of stuff. Like you, we want those talking points. We want to watch those matchups. Um Whereas for college basketball, I think you could argue you already have a field that makes it so that the the team who wins is not always the best team. It's the team who has like the most like, you know, things go right for them along the run. So I I, I hate to agree, but I think that it's probably the right size. I just wish I just wish a world existed where the A-10 got more bids. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think we have to return because we had a spicy debate about it a couple weeks ago, but the court storming. Mm. debate is back on after Duke player, what's his name? Flipanowski. 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 <laughs> <on. laughs> um, after he shoves a, a fan running onto the court and then claims to be injured. So, I... I yeah, did we did we ever figure out what... I, I know it's a knee injury. Was it something... You no, know, it's a sprained ankle. It's a sprained ankle? Sprained okay. ankle. Even though he said it was, even though he was like holding his knee, yeah, I, I think it stinks to high heaven. Yeah, I, and it's just like I love we. I don't know if we have to go over all the points, but I'm kind of like it's still college, and it's the only time you can court storm like a pro, like a, a big sporting event. So I love it for that fact. But I do understand if you maybe are like, all right, let's call a ref timeout with one second left, clear the court. Yeah. And then let them perform. I get player safety to an extent, but that's not going to fix buzzer beaters or things like that where you can't end the game a second early. You know, well, and... you can have security like be like hold them off for five seconds. And but the th whole thing is like Filipowski should have gotten the hell off the court. Like he was sitting there sulking, like walking back, and then like you know a court storm's coming. So um, although I do also think that this inspires another interesting topic, which is uh, Wake Forest was favored. Yeah. <laughs> Did they deserve to storm the court? <laughs> Under my previous rules, which I'm very pro-court storming, if you're favored, you shouldn't storm. <laughs> I, would, I would be inclined to agree. But is there a caveat if you beat Duke? And not only beating Duke, but that game put them in the tournament. Yeah. They were on the, for bracketology before the game, they were uh, first four out, and that pretty much solidified their uh, their spot in the field. So I get it. It's a big win. I hope every team that beats Duke at home just storms the court for the rest of the season, just to make a uh, a point. But uh, I think it's the SEC where they actually so they find the program, but the program has to pay the other school. I think it's a hundred grand. Um, I thought that was across the board. I thought if it was a conference game, you have to do that no matter what. Is that just the SEC? I saw it in the SEC. I don't know. It might be across the board. Who knows? And what's a hundred grand to? Some of these big schools. Well, it's funny that you have to pay it to the other schools. You're yeah. like making money if you get your court stormed. <laughs> yeah. You get court stormed on you. But yeah. Um, I think Shire kind of sounded a little bit like a crybaby in the uh 
in the thing, but there definitely is a, a, you know, player safety is of the utmost importance. And, and so probably a solution needs to come up with, but I'd hate to see that come at the, uh, at the expense of court storming being banned. And listen, a lot of times it's drunk college kids. And we saw the kid at Notre Dame USC run up to Caleb Williams after the game and like shout profanities in his face. And I, I think there is an extent where it's like, all right, that's ridiculous. What, yeah. what do you expect? One of these times, one of these athletes will fight back. <laughs> and well, it won't I look- think there should be a little but- bit of leeway. Like if you're a fan and you're storming the court or the field and you go and talk shit and you get punched, like, I mean, it's an assault charge as much as, no, as I much think, as I think I agree, case the law. <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, local DAs look the other way when something like that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, as much as I agree, it's just like, you, you can't that way. So I, I think there has to be to, I, it needs to stay. But to prevent something where it, an assault charges <laughs> are flying around, find a way just to let the players off first and then let them storm. And I know that's a little bit lamer, but you have to give something up, I guess, if you want to keep it, is my thought. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, like, either, like, you put up gates and you, like, hold people at the gates and then you open them, you know. Uh, I say just let it be. Like, it's, uh, you know. Probably what will happen. There, there might be an injury, you know, guy might sprain his ankle or bruise his knee or whatever he did. Um, I don't understand is this has been going on for decades and it doesn't seem like this has ever been like a big topic of conversation. Am I wrong about that? Like, has it been? Athletes have become divas. It does kind of feel like that. And like the Filipowski thing is like, get the fuck off the court. Like, what are you doing? And then you're right about Shire just crying into the microphone in the press conference afterwards. It's like, dude. When will it end? Like he's talking about like <laughs> some sort of epidemic. It's like, no, people are just, students are running onto the court. Your guy's like seven feet tall. Like he's huge. Just get off the court. Don't ruin this for the rest of us. No, oh, no. It doesn't help that it was a Duke player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um yeah, I think uh, we'll have to keep gearing up with the college hoops because we're getting close to conference tournament time and uh, NCAA tournament time, really not far away from now. So um, Richmond's got, what, four four league games left? Four or five? Four league games, yeah. I believe four, yeah. I've got yeah. the schedule. Loyola is good. They're right there with us. We hold the tiebreaker, but we have zero room for error. Um, and that VCU game will loom quite large. Yes, oh, yeah. it will. Um. But VCU's kind of fallen off a little bit. Dayton picked up another loss. So, I mean, we we already were the first team to have locked in a double bye for the A-10 tournament. So that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope – I have confidence that they will make the A-10 championship game. And I hope that's enough to get them into the tournament, win or lose. But I have a feeling they're going to have to win both the regular season and the, the tournament, which sucks. <laughs> I watched too much college basketball in March to have confidence that we're going to make the A-10 tournament. Like this double buy thing. I don't want buys. I don't I, like <laughs> buys are bad. Buys never work out. A team you that ever- play on Thursday, win on Sunday. Exactly. Stay in form. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I do think we're going to, we're going to be favored in three of our last four. 
And I think at George Mason is the one we won't be favored at. So that's a tough game, but when they just, beat, they just beat Dayton, right? Yeah. And they, uh, looked like the, the crowd was pretty good. So although I, I did see them play St. Joe's again. It was at St. Joe's saw Mason play them and Mason isn't that's like, they don't have a special player. They have a young coach. It was funny enough. Their coaches actually was on the final four team back in the day. This is like his first head coaching job that he got. Um, and he seems to be doing a good job, but I would hope our Richmond team, which has had been able to keep its composure all year, will be able to keep the composure over time. And one last thing to mention is they were honoring, it was like basketball alumni game or whatever against Davidson. And they were honoring the 84 team that beat Charles Barkley and the Ti Auburn Tigers. And Chuck actually did like a cameo video that they played on the on the big screen at Robbins, right? That's yes, awesome. did. <laughs> I did not see that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, was he mad? Well, claim to fame, ending Charles Barkley's career, <laughs> college career. <laughs> he never Richmond went on. Actually, had a pretty cool background. We were the first fifteen over two ever, which is super exciting. Uh, beating Bayheim. We're the only school that has won a game as an 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. Yeah. Here we go. Fighters, baby. Don't let them get the yeah. Stop seeding us so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Maybe we'll, we'll end it up here with some uh, round topic table stuff. I saw this flash across. What do you guys make of B enemy going to UCLA to be an offensive coordinator? What is that move? It's funny because. You'd think with his background that he'd be a head coach in the NFL right now. And everything that I've read about him is that players just do not like him and that he's just not like he's kind of an abrasive personality and that people don't really want to play for him. So I think this move echoes that. But, man, it's so weird. Like what a quits being the offensive coordinator in, in Kansas City for a team that, you know, just does nothing but win Super Bowls to go presumably be next in line for a hapless Washington team plays out the season. And then this is the outcome. Pretty brutal. It's said that he chose to not remain with the commanders. Which I, isn't. I think like go. what Skyler said, where it's like he was next in line and then that didn't go his way. So he's like, all right, see ya. And I think college, I think you have a little bit more, uh, leeway with offensive scheme than you would in the NFL. Uh, I mean, it depends on which team you're at, but I think at UCLA he'll have freedom. Do you think it's a a thing where players don't like him because he treats like he has the college coach in him and that he'll be so good? I, that's what I was just thinking is I was like, being not being a player's coach in the NFL does not necessarily make you not a player's coach in, in college. And yeah. it feels like more often than not, like he almost feels like he's got a little bit of Chip Kelly in him. Yeah. Like that type of like, yeah, he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't really know how to communicate it to like adults kind of thing. And so maybe he'll do really well in college and become like a big college guy. But it's I, I a really good point, Sean. I just find it weird that he's not a head coach. But again, being a college head coach is different than an NFL one. And maybe Fair. he want to be a college head coach. Yeah, or at the very least, like have the type of program already built around him where where recruiting is not, you know, yeah. his his top of mind thing. So it's also a reversal of the trend that we're seeing where like head college coaches are leaving to be assistants on NFL teams. So right. Yeah. Which that actually makes sense. Maybe he just wanted to move to LA. 
Maybe. maybe. Maybe he's starting his acting career. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was a uh, he loves the commander's name and he knows Josh Harris is going to change it, so he he couldn't stand to stick around. Couldn't do it. <laughs> um, next to- topic of business. So Justin Jefferson's about to get paid. Do you guys think that the Vikings? Because apparently his camp wants it fully guaranteed. I'm sure it will meet somewhere in the middle. But does he warrant? the record-breaking contract he's going to get and fully guaranteed, do you think the Vikings should just bend the knee if he's really going to sit out and everything? Um, I don't know that fully guaranteed is the way to go, and I think that the Lamar negotiation kind of gave us a window into, like, owners just aren't going to do that, and it seems like owners might stand pat on that across the board, which makes sense. Um, but he'll definitely – he definitely deserves the the the, the market-setting wide receiver um wide receiver money is he he's the best receiver in the nfl in my eyes i don't know how you guys feel about that but i think maybe you could put tyreek above him just because of how special he is with the speed but tyreek's also a little on the older side justin jefferson's you know that that's that's the guy i think let's do a little fun let's let's name our who do you guys so i'd say tyreek justin jefferson jamar uh not this year but I, i i think he is but he did not have a good year but then Devonte, maybe a little over the hill. Yeah, AJ Brown's like, but he feels like a five or six to me. Yeah, AJ Brown's a little like, bit of that second tier. I, I'm Who are we to... talking about? What was the debate? AJ Brown versus CD, right? Yeah. CD, yeah. Um, CD. So that's a that's a good one. They're different receivers in my mind. AJ's a much more physical guy. Uh, CD, CD though is a special player by all means. And I think I would rank him higher than AJ Brown in terms of the best receivers in the NFL, but AJ Brown, like we have Devonte Smith. So if you're asking like, do the Eagles want CD lamb or AJ Brown? I think the answer is AJ Brown because Devonte provides that CD lamb. But if you're just starting from scratch, I think CD lamb makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you want to run because AJ Brown's in that like power slot kind of role, which is uh, Cooper Cup like that. If you put him in slants, maybe when they're blitzing, maybe. Yeah, no, no, no he looks great. Where's Cooper Cup these days? Uh, Puka, you mean? Oh, I meant Puka. Yeah, sorry, I was. <laughs> um, I don't know. He he's been so hurt the last couple of years that I don't know if you can put him in the top ten anymore. Like, where do you put Diggs? Where do you put Diggs these days? Outside. Yeah. Um, he almost exists like on a plane of like, well, I don't know. I, I think to your point, you're starting a team. You want CD, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs. I mean, I'm taking the first two over Stefan these days just from a. And to be honest with you, we haven't even mentioned a bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer in Mike Evans. And yeah, he's... but he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in all, all signs are pointing to. He's going to be a Patriot by the end of the year. There's, if he's a patriot, it won't happen. But there's a good chance he breaks Jerry Rice's thousand yard seasons record. Yeah, not not if uh not if Bailey Zappi's throwing it to him. But not if he goes there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think we kind of named the the current guys. I mean, like you have some good young guys like Waddle and Alave that are coming up. But Devontae yeah, Adams, you're the same age as Justin Jefferson, right? And you know, Justin Jefferson, I think is is. Especially like uh, you guys have seen like the Bills oh, trade value rankings of like the take into account their age and all of that. Like Justin Jefferson feels like one. I think I mean Amon Ross St. Brown deserves to be ranked a ten top ten receiver in my mind these days. 
he better than Stefan Diggs? Yes. I would think this last season he was. Wowzers. Um, but Diggs still put up really good numbers. I'm looking at it right now. Diggs still had nearly 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. And I would say Amon Ra gets a uh, Ben Johnson bump that uh, Stephon Diggs' offense coordinator got fired midway through the year, you know. Fair enough. Fair I enough. think Stephon's definitely special, and I think that a lot of our uh, – a lot of our our negativity about him comes from a results place. Yeah, there are just so many damn good receivers in the league. Like we didn't even talk about Michael Pittman, Keenan Allen, uh, Nico Collins. I mean, I don't know if any of those guys are top twenty five at this point. Oh, uh, definitely. Nico Collins is. Think so? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Michael Pittman had twelve hundred yards this year with Gardner Minshew. Yeah, <laughs> and Keenan Allen is another one of those guys that's like – I think he uh, might be an unrestricted free agent this year too. Like, I'm telling you, I don't know that he would – I don't know. I, 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 clearly, Justin Jefferson will set the market. It's just interesting because it's it's almost becoming – it isn't the running back debate, but it's becoming like there's a lot of talented receivers out there. How much do you want to tie up in one receiver? You what know? are the numbers that are going around with Justin Jefferson? Like 35, 30 million a year. Tyreek's getting 30. Would be insane, but um so but like who would you rather have? Mike Michael Pittman or like T. Higgins? T. We've lost the plot here, but um I also <laughs> saw with the Justin Jefferson thing that he's making demands for Kirk too, which like I'm not a fan <laughs> of receivers being divas, but he's sticking up for his boy. Well, but that's not even necessarily being a diva. That's more like if I'm making a decision on my future and I don't know who's throwing me the ball, then that's something I don't really. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kirk is an interesting guy. Where he ends up this offseason will be will be fascinating. I don't know when we want to start talking NFL offseason kind of stuff. Probably a little closer to the draft, but this is our our first episode after football season. We know. Just let it go. Let it go for a little bit. We I've took been, a week off. We're back in. <laughs> yeah, I've been diving headfirst in the NFL draft analysis, and boy, oh boy, the Patriots sitting here at three, quite the decision to be made. It's uh, Daniels is creeping up there. I've seen some mocks of him. I going do not want it. I don't. I don't want him. Welcome, welcome to your team sucking, and the draft is very exciting. I know. It's like this is the offseason is more entertaining for the Titans than it is for the regular season. Yeah. Oh no, and Titans are in a great spot. Yeah, we'll see. I hope they're guaranteed to get one of the top flight tackles or wide receivers. I mean, what more could you ask for? Nothing I like, uh, nothing I like more than this time of year is uh, NFL fan bases, Twitter accounts going crazy, reading way too far into things. Um, Philly this week has already had AJ Brown had to go on <laughs> just and say that the burner account wasn't him about philly fans being psychos which it was kind of true and, and then uh and then, it was you like <laughs> yeah and then philly's uh eagles fans went nuts when legerius sneed posted a picture of him going like this like wings out and putting the eagles emoji as the caption and Devonte smith liked it and everybody in philadelphia is like what is howie cooking sneed's guaranteed to be an eagle now and it's just like I think athletes have started doing that too. Like Jock Peterson did it with the Phillies because they've realized that like Phillies Twitter will just go absolutely absurd. Yeah. And it's funny. Like they do it as a bit and it's hilarious. 
So does Braves Twitter. Um, so let's, Braves, let's Braves Twitter is pretty irrational, I will say. Like <laughs> I, I'm not proud of Braves Twitter. I'm proud of Titans Twitter. I think they're funny for the most part. It's kind of natural. Braves, Braves Twitter is ridiculous. Baseball's back. Scott Kingley hit a home run in his first plate appearance of the season for the Phillies. So that that's nice. Uh Jeep's already oh. getting arguments with Phillies Twitter accounts. So yeah. <laughs> can we talk can we talk of yeah, fanatics journeys? In the NLDS. It's like, God damn, guys, that this wasn't the World Series. I think that it's a, a symptom of like if the team is bad, the Twitter has much more uh latitude to like be funny and not take it too seriously. The second your team's like good but underachieving, they become miserable. It's the it's the Sixers problem. What is what is t- <laughs> coined as the 76ers paradox? Um, what what about the fanatics jerseys for baseball? They're showing off people's balls. Lots of balls. Fuck fanatics. I don't what I don't get is like it's fanatics producing it, but it still has a Nike logo on it. Like what or does it? Yeah. I, I don't understand what fanatics is anymore. It's also like part of betting companies. Like what the heck it's is Michael, Michael Rubin's money laundering scheme? I also just don't like Michael Rubin. I don't either. What's up with, um, I Yeah. I just don't get it. Like, why are they the quality of like DH gate jerseys? That, no, the- I, I think it's one of those where this will be like a very funny blip and that it will, they, they tried to like save a little bit of money thinking nobody would notice. And then everybody noticed and it became such a big thing. And now they'll have to go back and probably all have like, not the old jerseys, but like nicer jerseys. Once season starts, I, I think that they'll have jerseys that are even nicer because the backlash was so bad. <laughs> um, All right. Not enough hot stove. What about the college football playoff? Top five seeds are guaranteed to the power. Well, technically, the wording is the top five ranked conference champions. So that could be any conference. So you could have an SEC and then a MAC if the MAC guy is too, and they get the next one. But realistically, that's the the power four now that exists, and then one group of five will probably get that. I think out of twelve teams, it won't really matter much, right? Yeah, the only the only team it hurts is uh the Navy midshipmen, which are independent. What? So is Notre Dame technically in the ACC for this? Oh, no, so God. Notre Dame just could never get a top five C. You can't. It's impossible. In the Interesting. Yeah, that is who it hurts. Huh? Which I've seen Notre Dame fans be like, "This is great, guaranteed home game first round." I'm like, "Why would you want to play three games instead of two? Like, <laughs> and, wait, and then also it'd be like, so if Georgia was one and Alabama was two, Alabama could only get the six seed. Yes, but I don't – that to me makes sense. Like, give the conference championship – same way that, that happens in the NFL playoff bracket. Which, therefore, our Notre Dame fans, we can't get angry because we don't have a conference championship game. So it's like everybody's running the risk of – like Georgia, like you just said, if they lose to Alabama like they did this last year, they become the, the six. five. Like six, sorry. Um, but Notre Dame could literally be number one at the end of the year and would be the sixth seed in the playoffs. Interesting they picked the – five number instead of the four with yeah. the pack dissolving. I feel like that be revised in a year or two. Yeah. No, I like it because one group of five is going to get in. It's cool. Yeah. But also, I cannot think of a group of five team right now. Should, what What is going on with the pack? Two? Is that going to be a league? Like, how does that work? Uh, I think their regular season is a lot of mountain West schools. So they're kind of, they, do they still count as their own conference? I think they're just uh, independent. Okay, they're both independent. I think they are the Pac-2, but they work as an independent right now. Gotcha. Um, because 
the other thing that they added into the playoffs was to be a conference championship winner, you have to have at least eight teams in your conference. Oh, interesting. This is an extra little fuck you to Washington State and Oregon. I feel so bad for their fan bases. Oh, it's like they're they good. love football. Yeah. They do. And they, they were good. Money. Yeah. I don't know. They had great years and they got fucked. Um, only other things I have on the docket, you guys probably don't even care, which is fine. I don't really care that much either. But <laughs> uh, it's a it's a pretty big news. It's Lewis Hamilton went to Ferrari in F one for the for the two F one listeners out there. That's a huge move. That's like that's like Babe Ruth going from the Red Sox to the Yankees. Like that's that's a massive move. Well, so and and uh, these are more clarifying questions. So, has, was he always Mercedes, or I thought he started off somewhere else? Right, started off with not Williams. Um, God, now this is terrible. I'm forgetting. But he started off somewhere else, and then he went to Mercedes, who became a big money team. It's it's like yeah. soccer in that there's three big money teams. And that's yeah, well, that and then that was my other question: is Ferrari has not been good for a while, right? Like the other powerhouse is always Red Bull. So Red Bull's been winning the last like four or five years that's for stopping that's for stopping and red bull's deceiving someone too um but let's see where where was he he was with uh whatever he's been with mercedes for years who when he was with mercedes he's become like the michael jordan of the sport very much very successful um but he why am i on mercedes i went lewis hamilton's wikipedia this is better. Um, but anyway, him switching to Ferrari is a massive move through the sport and will shake up money in a lot of ways. And Mercedes is kind of stuck out in the in the rain. You know what's really weird, though? They announced what team they're going to race for next year in the middle of like the season. So he's still racing for Mercedes through the end of the year. You think he's checked they should out? Do that in other sports. <laughs> they're like, fuck you, dude. We're not giving you a good car. Well, there is a little bit of if you watch the Netflix show ever, like there is a little bit of that where it's like, all right, he announced he's moving teams to our arch rival. And now we just have to kind of make the relationship work the rest of the year. But then it's like if you have a young driver in the reserves, it's like we really should be getting this guy some experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you see but- that move it moved the stock market? Like Ferrari jumped like 10%. That's what I'm saying. It's a monumental move yeah it's unheard of how old is lewis hamilton these days like are his best days behind him is that i know this is a young man's sport he's 39 oof so theoretically yes but i think he's one of those athletes where he kind of like moves the needle whether he's good or not he defies time like tiger yeah what's the Um, shelf life on a race car driver like when does the G's just get to be too much on the body and they have to return? They have to do an insane amount of neck exercises. Yeah. Like their necks are all trunks. <laughs> I also saw an interesting thing talking about like reaction time. It was like Tyreek Hill and a and an F1 driver. And it was like night and day, the F1 driver. That because that's the thing. That's that's the whole bit. Yeah. Um sorry, he was with McLaren before. Who McLaren was pretty big when he was with them. Um but yeah, it's just interesting for a sport that I know. I'll be honest, I haven't even followed much this year. It's always crazy when the Messi moves, and he's like the Messi of that sport, you know. Oh, so yeah. and swings and see, Messi in the MLS like Inter Miami's ticket sales are still through the roof, and it's been mm-hmm. like six, seven months now of him there. So it's crazy. 
Crazy, crazy. Didn't they do a whole tour? Like they went to South America and just played around? Saudi Arabia. Inter Miami went to Saudi Arabia and played Ronaldo's team. <laughs> yeah, this apparently the Saudi Arabia stuff is falling apart pretty, pretty good because the uh wives and girlfriends of the soccer players are like, oh, turns out it's actually not great to live here. Yeah, Jordan Henderson, who by all accounts was like a legend for his club back in England, and then he left and did this and kind of tarnished his reputation. But he was all taking a deferred salary. It was one of those crazy, like they're paying him $300 million for like two years of, of work. He's taking a deferred salary and he his family couldn't do it anymore. So he left early and he's not getting any of the money. Zero. So he, he ruined the reputation and isn't getting any of the money. And and to go work for free. Yeah. Um, not they're that I feel tennis too. They uh, I don't know how much you guys care, but like they're kind of do tennis is more open. They saw what happened with golf and they're like, all right, let's not get to that point. Like, let's just let the Saudis invest and give them a master's 1000 in Jeddah and we can call it a day, but it's causing a lot of problems because like the WTA, a lot of those women don't want to play in Saudi Arabia, which is very understandable. So um, yeah, it's nuts. And I mean, speaking about golf, um, I went to the waste management three years ago for my brother's bachelor party. And it was a great time and it was, it was rowdy and ruckus, but it seems to have fallen off the cliff a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> And, Things got a little too rowdy in Rockets. And this was the PGA's gemstone of like, we're still the fun one, even though yeah. we're claiming to be the fun one. And then they had to stop selling alcohol on the day and everything. Yeah, never getting to be the fun one when it gets too real. And now, for Sage Advice. All right, let's do Sage Advice. Of the let's do it. You want to start? Yep. Today's is Doc Rivers. Uh for those that are even more uninformed than us, Doc Rivers took over the Milwaukee Bucks midseason after he got fired by the Sixers last year and it was the lead, uh, not play-by-play, but, you know, analyst next to play-by-play for ESPN. Um, he slithered his way into the Bucks job, claimed that he didn't slither his way into the Bucks job, uh, said that he wasn't, he wasn't negotiating with them pre prior to Dantley being fired, but clearly he was because he got hired like an hour after <laughs> Dantley got fired. Um, and now they they've been on a big skid, uh, team of superstars. So he's also been I don't know how much background I want to keep giving, but he's been having some hilarious quotes come out on things like I would I wouldn't wish this job upon anyone was one quote that he said. <laughs> Um, he said on a loss the other night, he said, some guys were here, some guys were in Cabo. Um, so he's just like deflecting everything he can. JJ Reddick went on and like destroyed him on ESPN, which was interesting that a former player of his did. But then he came out the next day and was like, why is everybody saying I destroyed Doc Rivers? It's like, well, yeah, that'd you... be a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, what do you think this man should do? Um, my sage advice is retire stop you probably have more money than you know what to do with you've already won the one championship with the celtics in 08 that made everybody think that you're a good coach you have nothing left to do than to just ruin your legacy by having people remember you as the guy who came in and destroyed all these franchises just just leave go back into obscurity I, I was going to say the same thing. It's like, what are you doing? You don't have anything good to gain. Even if you win, 
people are just going to remember Giannis and Dame. Like you're not going to be remembered for it. Um, so like go buy a house in the Virgin Islands, you know, get a tan. You turn uh, yourself into a Alex Rodriguez. I think Doc Griffith should start a stand-up comedian career along with being a coach. But I think nobody should let him know that we're, they're filming like Netflix specials when he's talking. Like, don't let him in on the joke. Just have him like go because it's honestly hilarious. And he has been memed so hard. I want to read one meme. Um, it's a picture of Doc Rivers after the Bucks game looking confused. And he says, Doc Rivers says he warned the Jedi about Emperor Palpatine. And Doc Rivers quote, I told Anakin, you know, stuff, something's off about that guy. Nobody gains that much power in the Galactic Center that fast without something shady going on. I just had a feeling he was a Sith Lord. So it's like the LeBron memes where he like lies about everything, but it's just becoming Doc uh, Rivers now, which is hilarious. So Doc, it's the same thing when you're the Sixers coach. You have some stars. Just do a little bit of coaching, but you're not you're not capable. So become a stand-up comedian for Netflix. <laughs> Three, what we're saying, two retires and one career change. Doc yeah. Rivers, sum it up. It's it's never too old. Uh, to switch careers, you know, you can find another passion. All right, I think we've done it. I think, I think we've done it. Thank you, listener. Thank you, listener. <laughs> All right, listen. see ya. See ya.